0: What is a strategic alliance and do you need it for your small business? Hi, I'm Rachel Claver, your host on Method Marketing. And today we're talking all about something that people often forget to add to their marketing strategy, strategic alliances. It's all about working better together with other businesses to help you grow yours and theirs, because it's all about, you know sharing. Sometimes it's one it's one-sided, sometimes it's mutual. Whatever it takes, it's all about building those relationships and investing time and energy in your marketing to build a relationship with one person who can bring in literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of sales closer to your door. If that sounds great, then this is definitely the podcast for you. And if you've got questions or things that you'd like to know about this topic, come along to our Facebook group, Map It Marketing. And I talk a lot about strategic alliances in my book, Be A Spider, Build A Web. So if you want that and some help around your content marketing, Go and listen to that as well. Also, this year, if you're in New Zealand, I'm running a whole lot of free content marketing strategy courses all across New Zealand. The first ones are up. They're on Eventbrite. I'll put a link to them in the show notes. I'd love to have you come along. Um, they're three hours, completely free. Yes, I'll sell to you because I'm a marketer, but it's well worth you coming in and listen. Right, while I talk about that, I'm taking up time that we could be listening and learning about strategic alliances. So let's get into it. Welcome, this is Mippet Marketing and I am your host Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing, so this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started.
1: Welcome to Muppet Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Clover. And today we're talking all about strategic alliances. A strategic alliance is essentially, well, it's strategic, you've thought about it, it's really going to be something that fits in with what you need as a business owner. It's normally beneficial to you, you and the other party or just the other party. It, it can be a mix of those things. And alliance means it is, you formed an alliance. It's not a friendship. It's a business arrangement where you go, hey, we've got this little thing in common and we can help each other's businesses by doing something for each other. Now, when I say that it could be one-sided, what that means is sometimes a strategic alliance might be one person referring your business to their client list and it wouldn't go the other way. It's still beneficial to both. Like there's something that's really nice to be said about sharing the good ideas about someone using someone else with your clients and I do that all the time I've definitely got a whole range of people that I would go hey we're not the right fit for that but I would recommend this person and I will recommend people that I have seen to be ones that share my values ones that I've seen a good quality of work I may have had Uh, For example, there are VAs that I recommend and I've recommended them purely because I've had clients who've worked with them, I've seen the results, been happy with the results and so I've recommended those people. That's a strategic alliance Um, and you can create like a more formal approach to it, but it's a strategic alliance. It could be a two-way street where you refer backwards and forwards. For us at Identify, that will be similar to what we do with the Regional Business Partner Network. We're a provider under that, so you can get up to 50% of any of the work you do with us paid through MBIE, um, through the Regional Business Partner Network through New Zealand, um, for up to 50%. And for that, um, across New Zealand, uh, we will refer people to the Regional Business Partner Network to get funding, um, help, and also just networking, help, and support for their business. And then we'll also get referrals from the Regional Business Partner Network to work with us on occasion. So that's a mutually beneficial one where we're benefiting both or it could be that someone might approach you and say, hey, I've got customers I've just recently worked with an accountant and he's like, I've got customers who need help with marketing. Can I have you as the person I would refer to? And he's doing that switch of it's nice for me to be able to give my customers someone and there's that trust relationship we've got. That's what a strategic alliance is. And so if we're wanting to do these, they are really powerful and every business can do them. The first thing that I would say is you have to obviously be really clear on who your target market is and what your offer is and what your offer is, and your offer is not and who your target market is not. So for example, it might be you decide on a particular size of business or a particular type of business. So for example, you could be only working with woman and a male approaches you and you go, well, actually, I, my stuff isn't going to work for you. Uh, you've got to do that delicately because that's slightly discrimination. But, you know, I I probably won't work with you. If I've got a female-only coaching group, I can't really have you in, might be the example. But here's a great coach that does great work for people that are male. That might be an example. Or it could be, I only work with people who have employees. um, And someone who's a solopreneur comes, you go, I can help you, but it's not really a great fit for me. But here's this person who does exactly what I do, but with solopreneurs, for example. So it could be that it could be a target market. It could be an offer. So for us, uh, we don't design websites. We have three or four website developers that we really trust and love. And so we will have them in our list of people that we would recommend to. So knowing what you do do and what you don't do, who you sell to and who you don't sell is really key when you're creating a strategic alliance because you need to know where your boundaries are and what you're doing. So you obviously don't want to be referring work to someone who's going to be doing all the same work as you for your same target market. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? So you would do that. The next thing I think is you have to really think about her, how, your values. I don't think that you should be creating... Oh, actually, I don't think. I do I do know. It's not just I think. I do know. You shouldn't be creating strategic alliances with people who aren't in line with you with the same values you have. They don't have to have all the same values, but at least one to two of the same values need to be really key. And part of this as well is this is because every time you recommend someone, it really does have to come with that promise that you're backing them with your words. So if they're not going to deliver, that's going to look bad for you. And I've had it happen a couple of times. Uh, we recent uh, A few years ago, we were referring a um, person for design work, extremely talented person and a, the nicest person you'd ever meet. And then we had three people... Um, All quietly say, look, you referred me to that person, but they ghosted me. They often spent weeks, they didn't reply back. Well, I would love to keep on referring to her, but it's not good for us to do that. And so, you know, part of the whole strategic alliance is it has to be someone who's going to be trustworthy and treat your customers with the same level of respect and vice versa. So you need to really be clear on what those rules are and be prepared to dump someone if they're not going to meet those rules or meet those requirements. So once you've got those things sorted out, You can make a list of people who are um, allies in your industry. So people that kind of are the same as you, but work with a slightly different market or have a slightly different focus. You could have people in related industries. So I mentioned before, as a marketer, accountants are great for us because they don't tend to do marketing or lawyers or website developers um, or branding specialists. We have a lot because we really only focus now on marketing strategy and content marketing coaching. So, and we do a bit of CRM, but we don't do hardly anything else. So it's really easy for us to work with people and other things. And that goes back to, you know, I've talked in a podcast before about the whole idea of narrowing your arrow. It's much easier to stand out and create alliances when your arrow is narrow. It's in my book also, Be a Spider, Build a Web. Um, If you want to try and work out what your narrow arrow is. You could also have distributors and suppliers as your strategic alliances and working alongside them. So if you're a retailer, there might be a particular line that you work with that you might become more aligned with. Or businesses that are complementary to yours, but you just happen to have the same target market. I might find out that an osteopath has a whole lot of business owners and that could be a really good strategic alliance somehow. So there's all those different things. Then think about what is it that you're wanting to achieve by having a strategic alliance. Are you wanting to get more customers? Are you wanting to get more uh, promotion for what you do? Are you trying to find new distribution channels or um, looking to increase how your your profits? Like, what is it that you're trying to do? And make it really clear for yourself what you're trying to get out of it. But also think, what is the benefit to the other person if you're going to approach them and talk about it? Because obviously for them, they're not going to want to care about what's in it for you. Even if they're nice, they're going to care about what's in it for them. When you're looking at building strategic alliances, it is what I, I always say, it really is part of your marketing strategy. Time, effort, and maybe a bit of budget for lunches and things like that need to be put in to build relationships with those people to make it worthwhile. Um, You know, building trust is really important, making sure that you're building communication. If they are introducing you guys through an email, always make sure that the first email that you do together uh, before you jump in and talk to the client is cc thanking back that person so that the client can also, potential client can also see it. Make sure that you also follow up with them and let them know what happened, whether the person became a client or not. Um, So make sure that you've got really clear ideas and make sure that that fits really well. Um, I do think that it is really important for them to see the value in what you're doing. So making sure that you don't stomp on their ground. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is what happens if you talk to someone and then they start selling something you have. So we we'll often ring fence. We'll go. Hey, we're really happy to give this person to you, but we've already talked to them about such and such. Is what we'd like to do, and if they were selling their product that competed with that, um, we'd expect them to push them back to us instead of and, and sort of working with that person, and vice versa. And and we would respect that. Th- those roles are really important to us. And if if we can't do it, we just wouldn't have a strategic alliance with that person. I think that's really important. Like try not to stealing each other's clients. It's not about that. It's about sharing and helping the benefit of the client as opposed to try to own what they do, um, which is really important. Um, Some people often go, I want to do a strategic alliance and get a cut. Um, I'm going to talk on that because I think it's a little bit of a thing that I am quite passionate about. I'm just not really a fan of people getting a cut. I think it might just be my Gen X over independence, but I think really it comes down to values for me. If I'm recommending someone, I want to recommend someone on their own merits. It's one of the reasons I struggle sometimes with like B&I connections, because I want to be able to recommend the person that I believe is best, not just the person that's at my B&I. And it's the same with this. I don't want to be swayed by payment as the reason that I would recommend something. I want to be telling you the best thing for you, because that's the best thing for you. And I want to be able to do that freely. Uh, a couple of months ago, I got accused. Um, I, my editor at the staff got an email saying that I had been writing content that I had been paid to write and that it was an editorial and it was about someone they didn't like and didn't agree with. And the truth is, I never get paid by people to write about them for stuff. It would go against absolutely everything in me to ever do that because I do this podcast. I've never been paid to have someone on my podcast. I do this podcast. I do my writing on stuff every week. And it is me, my own thoughts, my own choices, who I have. Yes, people sometimes pitch me, and most of the time I say no. Occasionally I'll say yes if I think they're a great option. Um, But for me, this is for you. This is not for me to try and make a quick buck or to get something. If I'm recommending you something on here, I want you to know that I'm recommending it because I've either tested and tried it and loved it or a client has tested and tried it and loved it. And so that would go completely against everything I do. Um, And so I, I wouldn't arrange that. I have entered into arrangements for payment, but it hasn't been around that. It's been more around previous times in my life when I was doing influencing work, it was to do with things like having connections. Um, I had a business connection, and and I had a a was able to introduce a person to someone in a very large organisation, and that was going to take quite a bit of time. So I worked out kind of a finder's fee for that. Uh, but generally, when it comes to strategic alliances, I do not believe that it should be a money changing hands thing. It can get really messy too, and it's really hard for reporting. I believe that strategic alliances should actually just be, hey, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. And it's building that trust up. And I think it creates a better dynamic. And if that person doesn't deliver, it's much easier to extricate yourself from it as well, um, which is really important. I do think it's really important, regardless of what it is, that you both are really on the same page. I had this weird experience about five years ago where someone was referring quite a lot of work to me. I got a couple of gigs from it. Um, One was quite a large client. This guy then found out that he was quite a large client and came back and said, hi, I'd like to take 15% of all the work that you've done from that person for giving you that content. You can't retrospectively negotiate a cut. No, it doesn't work. So if you want a cut, at least mention it right up it'd be upfront so the person can decide whether they want to do that or not. And you really need to be clear on how they will be working and how it focuses on. So developing a formal agreement would be great. You don't have to do a contract just having like an email that outlines what's going on and what the expectations are are really clear. Um, And just be patient, you know, if it is one where it's just a word of mouth and and doing it, there'll be times where one of you is going to get more than the other and that's just the way it goes. But every referral you give someone, you're giving your business a plus by showing your client that you're thinking about them as well. So it's still helping your business and it's still going to take time. So you just build those relationships and continue to build those relationships. If you've got a big partner that tends to feed you, definitely feed that relationship, send them like gifts at Christmas. Um, you know, make times with them, give them extra things for their people, um, ask them if you can supply um, things for them that that they'll be beneficial for their audience. Really do that to help and also really be keen on using networking industry events to find some other alliance partners if you want to. I think that works really, really well, you know, thinking about how you can find other people and thinking strategically about building those relationships Um, You know, I'm not a big fan on one-to-one networking meetings. I really like to do the whole one-to-many. But I think when it comes to strategic alliances with people who can refer to each other, then it makes a lot of sense to spend time doing those meetings. Um, And that's definitely something I've been prioritizing this year myself. Um, The other thing is just, you know, don't always sit and wait for someone else to be the one that approaches you. Be proactive. Really take the time to choose people you'd like to work with and ask the worst they can say is no, right? And when you see success, when you get success from it, celebrate it. Um, Celebrate it with the person. Say, you know, thank you so much. This is wonderful. Share publicly. You know, if you're talking about a customer, say thank you for where that person came from. I think those sort of things is really respectful. It's good for everybody when that happens. And that can also really help you if if that works for you too. But strategic alliances are amazing. I would love to know, um, if you're in the MAPIT marketing group, come and tell me who you've got strategic alliances with. Um, I'm really looking forward to building more. Um, I'm really loving the fact that as I've developed my own voice, I've found the people that I really love aligning with and people that I feel really proud to work with. I love that there's people that I just feel get me as well. And it's a real reminder that the best way to find strategic alliances is to shine the light that you have. and The more you do that, the more you find the people that you should be working with and aligning yourself with for your business growth. It's not a digital marketing thing. It's a marketing strategy thing. And it is something that you can do for your business that doesn't cost any money and just costs a bit of time. So have a think. Who could you strategically align with to help your business grow better today?
0: I wonder this week if you could think about who you could start a strategic alliance with. Make a list of people in your industry that are either bigger or smaller than you that you could have a conversation with. We get a lot of our work from that, from people who are smaller than us that we can pass material on or maybe have a speciality in an area that we don't offer. Then the other area you can do is look at people that are similar to you in terms of target market, but don't do anything like you do. There are so many ways to create these strategic alliances. They can save you time, money, effort, and help both of you have someone either to share the joy with, and also make some extra sales. So give it a go. And remember, if you've got questions from this podcast, come along and be part of the Facebook group, Map It Marketing. And next week is our 100th episode. And I've got a very special guest for you. Natalie Combe was on our episode. I think it was like episode five. She is the most popular person we've ever had on this podcast, ever guest. The highest number of, of listeners to the episodes. I've got her back for a very special episode about Money Mindset. It's an unmissable episode. So please tune in and otherwise have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you loved this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.